Support comes from the Norton Simon Museum, presenting the film series Testigo Witness, Goya in the Movies. Held on select Fridays in May, each film touches upon artist Francisco de Goya's visions of the world, kicking off with Pan's Labyrinth by Guillermo del Toro on May 10th at nortonsimon.org. Studios. So yesterday we were preparing our episode on recycling. That was fun, right? And the news came on. Kevin DeLone speaking on TV to Univision and CBS News. We've been waiting to hear from embattled city council members Kevin DeLeon and Gil Cedillo. A short time ago, DeLeon broke his silence. We need to come together and heal as a city. And I want to be part of that. Su madre... ¿Qué consejo le daría a usted su madre hoy? Estaría enojada conmigo, apenada por el simple hecho que fallé. I felt like he got off away easily. People are calling for his resignation, and it sounds like these elected officials are not listening to them. So I really want to talk to people in Boyle Heights, in his district, and really get a sense of where they see this going. From Elias Studios, this is the first bonus episode of How to LA. I'm Brian De Los Santos. So we're at Mariachi Plaza here in Boyle Heights. It's a metro station, but it's also like a cultural center. Like people come here and hang out. Oh, it's Eric. What up, Eric? What's up? How's it going? Chilling. My name is Eric Huerta. I host the show Orale Boyle Heights, and I'm a Boyle Heights resident. Did you see the Univision? I did. The interview. Okay, so the last question that I saw, at least on the website, Leon Krauts asked Kevin DeLeon about his mom, who was formerly undocumented before she died. Kevin, I believe, has brought her up in interviews. You know, I have DACA, so it's like being in this limbo state. I believe you're also DACA. Hearing the journalist ask Kevin, your mom was formerly undocumented, She's faced racism. She's faced injustices. Now you're part of the scandal that's a part of this. What will your mom tell you? <laughs> when you heard that question or you heard his reaction, what do you think about that? I think she would have been like most parents, right? Kind of disappointed that their son was in a situation in a room with other folks talking about things and he heard things that he knows they were wrong, that were inappropriate, that they were disgusting, they were toxic, yet he didn't say anything to them at that meeting. He didn't stop the conversation. He just went along with it and contributed his own commentary to it. And his silence spoke more than any apology he could ever give. So I think those comments on that tape were very strong about black folks, about indigenous folks in our community, which is, it it is part of our community. It also took me aback. Now you as a person who lives in Kevin DeLone's district, Did it make you be like, damn, it's a slap in the face? What was your reaction to that? When I started, like everybody else, learning about what happened, what was said, it was just a mix of anger, disappointment, and validation. These politicians, all they really care about is their legacy. Like right now, we're at Mariachi Plaza, and if we walk around, we can see a sign with Le Leon's name presenting that this street was named after Vicente Fernandez and brought to you by Kevin De Leon. These politicians have this tenacity, this 
impulse, this very, uh, very toxic trait of just branding their name on everything. You want a water bottle? Here's my name on it. You want a tote bag? Here's my name on it. They might be campaigning on different issues and promises and saying they're going to be different and they're going to change things around and work for the community they're representing. But then once they're there, it's just business as usual, right? And this, this tape recording really proves that, not just about politicians in general, but Kevin de Leon in particular. So what Eric's talking about is Kevin de Leon's resume. He's only been on LA's city council since 2020. He was a state senator for eight years and in the state assembly for four. He ran for US Senate in 2018 and lost. So he returned to LA at that time. Just recently, he was one of several folks who ran for L.A. mayor. By him running for mayor after becoming just elected like not too long ago to CD14, that really shows you what his priorities are, which is just moving up in his political career. As the homie put it, he was trying to use Bowl Heights and CD14 as a stepping stone to get somewhere else, just trying to move on to the next step. For me, it's, it's a matter of what he needs to do, which is resign. And if he's really serious about committing himself to learning, to growing, and making amends for this mess that he stepped into, he needs to do that on his own time, not on taxpayer money. He needs to go away and learn some things and then continue to be part of the community, but not as representative. So uh, these conversations, these remarks, to be honest, happen a lot in our community. I've had to check family members when they've said certain things about other communities that we don't belong to. After the news broke out, I put out this tweet and I'm like, okay, are you going to continue to let your family members say things or how are you going to approach them? How are you going to check them essentially? Because it really felt like the tapes showcase Latinidad, a sense of Latinidad. And we're all like, we got to deal with this. We got to figure this out. So I kind of want to ask people on their own personal level, what do you think about that? Were there any replies that stood out to you? I was kind of shocked of how many people said, I actually don't want to talk to my family anymore. And I was expecting that from like younger folks, like maybe our age, but I saw like people who were like in their 50s or maybe even older. And I'm like, it is a family dynamic that we can't control sometimes. And hey, you know, me as a queer person, I've had those tough conversations with my own family. But the thing is here, this is a elected official. This is not just your tia or your abuelo who may have nothing to do with an office. And I think this was kind of like, this happens in our community and this is happening in an elected official's office. Like, wow. And going back to what you were talking about earlier, De Leon said he's not resigning. You know, he told Univision one way, he told CBS another way. Point is, he doesn't want to step down. With De Leon on his apology tour, and letting it be known that he does not want to resign. He is just perpetuating the same systems, the same ignorance that led to the situation he's in. And honestly, there is no way that he could represent CD14 when right now he's literally hiding. Nobody can find him right now. <laughs> not even DoorDash. <laughs> I think he's moving from one house to another, staying at friends' homes, what have you. This is a photo I took the other day when I was passing by De Leon's office in Bowl Heights. Can I yeah, 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 just pitch it. There were protests at the De Leon oh, wow. office in Bowl Heights. People posted up signs, get out, resign, you're racist, all these things. And they also, you know, taped up any signs with his name on it and called them out. KDL, Kevin De Leon, resign now. Renuncia ahora. 
Yeah. And it's a photo with him in his face. If De Leon decides to be necio and terco and he really wants to be stubborn about staying in office, there is no way that he can go anywhere. Public meetings, community events, city hall. He can't go anywhere without somebody reminding him of what he did or what he didn't do, actually. If I see him walking down the street right now, you'll probably catch me yelling a few expletives at him. And ending with the point is like, you need to get out of here. You drop the ball. And part of accountability is knowing when to step back and going to reflect, going to learn, going to process and giving the community the space it needs and the representation it needs to keep moving forward and find a different direction. Because with Kevin De Leon, we're not going to go anywhere. For communities like CD14 and, you know, CD1, everybody in the city to come together and heal. It's a matter of the folks on the ground doing this work, coming together and following them and leading their example. You know, the vecinos, uh, Los Angeles Community Action Network, SAGE, Chirla, all these organizations that are on the ground doing this work for all the different communities that are part of LA. And from there, we can take it one step at a time. All right, y'all, that's it for us this week. Next week, we're going to dig into the power structure of the LA City Council. A local election or local council member is going to affect your life more than anything else. And what's next for De Leon and the seat once occupied by Nuri Martinez? This was How to LA. I'm Brian De Los Santos. Catch us Tuesdays through Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. Our producers are Evan Jacoby, Meg Botel, and Kyle Chang. Chris Farias handles our social media. Erica Washington writes our newsletter. Our intern is Olive Bieni. Hasmik Pagosian engineers the show. Megan Larson is our executive producer. Support for this podcast is made possible by Gordon and Donna Crawford, who believe that quality journalism makes LA a better place to live. This program is made possible in part by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, a private corporation funded by the American people. Thanks for listening.